You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network. The serious side of the J. Rouse Show is coming up next right here on the TJRS Radio Network online radio at its best. You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network. 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 No more, it's none of my business. No more, I'm sure they'll work it out. No more, boys will be boys. No more, I'll say something next time. No more, why didn't she tell anyone? No more, she was flirting with him. No more, she's too smart to let that happen. No more, not my problem. No more, he didn't mean it. No more, why doesn't she just leave? No more, he said he was sorry. No more, she was drunk. No more, she was asking for it. No more, she seems just fine to me. No more, she should have been more careful. No more, we don't talk about that. No more bystanding. No more ignorance. No more excuses. No more. No more. No more. WWE Superstar Big Show here to tell you if you've been drinking, get a ride. Take a cab. Find another safe way to get home. Cops all across the country are cracking down on drunk driving. They will see you before you see them. Drive sober or get pulled over. Online radio at its best. Online radio at its best. Hey, 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 good morning. If you're ready, map of the south. Let's do this. I'm telling you, I am first very honored that you would join me tonight. He has a very limited time spot, so we want to bring in Mr. Alan Farrell right away. Hey, how are you, Kathleen? You know what? I'm going to make you do what I do, baby. Man, what's crack a lacking, baby? What's crack a lacking? It's time for the serious side of the Jay Rowe Show. Don't try to call me out, princess. You can take your love and true purpose and stick it. She's a bitch. You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network. 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 Live from NPR News in Washington, I'm Giles Snyder. North Korea says it will punish those who supported the latest United Nations sanctions. State media, quoting the foreign ministry, saying the sanctions resolution the U.N. Security Council passed on Friday is an act of war. The U.N. imposed the sanctions over the North Center Continental Ballistic Missile Test. Jason Struther reports from Seoul. This is not the first time that North Korea has called sanctions tantamount to a declaration of war. This line comes straight from Pyongyang's playbook. But it also said that this new U.N. Security Council resolution uh, equates an economic blockade of the country. And certainly these strengthened sanctions are some of the toughest restrictions placed on the Kim Jong-un regime. Supporters of Russian opposition leader Alexei Navalny are putting pressure on authorities to allow him to challenge President Vladimir Putin in this March's election. They put on a show of strength in a number of Russian cities today as they prepare to file election papers. The BBC's Mike Saunders. If anybody has a shot at stopping Vladimir Putin becoming the longest-serving leader in Russia since the Soviet dictator Joseph Stalin, it's Alexei Navalny. But that's a big if. Mr. Navalny is collecting the 500 signatures he needs in 20 cities to get himself registered by the Central Election Commission. But the commission already told him in June that the five-year suspended sentence he was given for embezzlement at a retrial in February disqualifies him from standing. 
Mr. Navalny calls the case politically motivated. He told supporters in Moscow that he'll call a strike if he's barred. The Justice Department says it's figuring out its next move after a federal judge in Seattle partially blocked President Trump's newest restrictions on refugees from 11 countries, mostly in the Middle East and Africa. The department says it disagrees with the judge's ruling that the government must process refugee applications from those who have a bona fide connection to the U.S. State attorneys general are criticizing a decision by the Education Department to abandon loan forgiveness for students defrauded by the for-profit chain Corinthian Colleges. Kurt Carapesa from member station WGBH in Boston reports. Massachusetts Attorney General Maura Healey has sued Education Secretary Betsy DeVos after she put on hold an Obama administration plan to discharge students' loans. DeVos said the department will first look at the average income of former Corinthian students before deciding whether to forgive their loans in full or in part. Healy says that doesn't satisfy her concerns. Since last January, we've had collectively across this country 100,000 applications for loan discharges sitting idle in a draw at the U.S. Department of Ed. And behind every single application is a student who has been victimized. Healy has charged the department with garnishing former Corinthian students' wages. For NPR News, I'm Kirk Carapeza in Boston. And you're listening to NPR News from Washington. Coming up next on the serious side. A high school in Dietrich, Idaho is being sued for $10 million for allegedly allowing a mentally disabled football player to be abused and bullied for months. Three of his teammates have been charged with sexual assault. Court action includes a federal judge in New York's emergency order temporarily barring the U.S. from deporting people from nations subject to Trump's ban on travelers from seven majority Muslim countries. They all do that. Every president does that. Every party does that. That's exactly what President Obama did. This was purely a political move for not. He had spent fact, all of his Jesse political said, capital. There was no way he was going to get immigration no, no, passed. And he knew about, that by the time he was out of office, was never going to run again. It wouldn't matter. It's not because true. the consequences of this were beyond his watch. He, he didn't couldn't care. get it as done. As he looked like a He couldn't a get it done, because of Republican insistence well, that you have back overall to my initial point, Ron, that maybe you should have done that first instead of health no, but care. I, you, Thank you, you, have, you have it totally out of sync. I mean, again, we were in a nation about to fall into beyond recession. He deals with that economic crisis, which is a major crisis. We then do, and you disagree with health care, but that's what we did. That's okay, and so well, now we're talking about Republican majorities that are not dealing with the, the issue stuff. as it stands. Well, maybe from where she's standing, it's a good news story. When you're drinking from a creek, it's not a good news story. When you don't have food for a baby, it's not a good news story. When you have to pull people down from their buildings, because, you know, that, I'm sorry, but that really upsets me and frustrates me. According to the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission, at least 25% of American women say they have experienced sexual harassment in the workplace. And recent high-profile revelations about abuse, for example, former Fox News chairman Roger Ailes' abuse of his employees, as well as the allegations of sex bias at Kay and Sterling Jewelers, demonstrate that we are far from a 
addressing this issue on a broader scale. So I urge my Republican colleagues to reconsider their support for this resolution. I urge them not to force vulnerable women who have been wronged into the dark. Okay, so this story comes to us from Elizabeth Elizalde at Daily News. This is just insanity to me. So a Tennessee man released from prison after a wrongful conviction put him away for 31 years is fighting an exoneration case that could grant him $1 million in compensation. Uh, Angela, at a campaign event in September, one of the only African Americans in the audience asked Roy Moore for his opinion on when the last time America was great. Here's the quote. I think it was reportedly the quote. I think it was great at the time when families were united, even though we had slavery. They cared for one another. Our families were strong. Our country had a direction. And I hate the word brand. I may be the brand, the face of my company, but I'm not an inanimate object. I have feelings. I have emotions. And when the ball gets dropped on something, I have to deal with that. So those conversations might be intense, but I'm not an angry black man. And this notion of a hostile environment just doesn't, doesn't fit. Welcome to the serious side of the J. Ryle Show with Dr. Princess Odilia, Mr. Jerome Esprit, and Mr. L.E.S. Now here is your host, Jay Ryle. Tis the season to be jolly, fa-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la. Merry Christmas, happy Christmas Eve for you and yours. You're in tune to the serious side of the Jay Ryle Show, which happens every Sunday morning right here on the TJRS Radio Network Online Radio. Best once again, it is December 24th, the day before Christmas. We hope that you and yours are having a very happy holiday and happy holidays from all of us here on the TGRS Radio Network. Like the guy said, my name is Jay Rowell, I'm your host, and we're here to celebrate another year in the book, folks. The serious side has been around for man a long time I want to say eight years, I should know that, but uh, I'll get back with you on that. But we've been around for a while, and so every year we take the opportunity to take a look at the year review, and today is no different. Let me introduce you to the man who really runs everything around here, the one and only man himself, Mr. L.E.S., the distinguished gentleman from the state of Indiana. What's going on, man? How are you, sir? I'm good, sir, and how are you doing this morning? Still, yes, it's just another day in paradise, no palm trees. Are you ready for Christmas? Uh, yes, as ready as I'm going to be. Hell, it's snowing here, so yeah. Boy, well, that's unfortunate, man. Not happening here, but it's pretty nippy, but I'm not going to tell you the degrees because I know how you react when I bring those things up. So, anyway, wishing you a very happy holiday. Hope you guys are uh, having fun up there in the snow, and it is what it is. Now, uh... Dr. Princess Odilia, now I'm not going to say she's off this morning. She may show up late. Who knows where she is? You know, she's just a nut. All right, and our, uh, this, the man who's really the smartest man in the world, the one and only Jerome Spree, usually joins us after his uh, commitment to Clear Channel Radio, so hopefully he'll be here soon. The number is 347-850-1272. You can be a part of the conversation. The resident expert, Johnny D, is in the house. He is here as well. And let me read what he has to say early in the show. Happy holiday. May God continue to bless you, the ability to bless your listeners with information, intellect, insight, and input. 
allow our tongues and thoughts to be keeping with God's will and our purpose. Well said. Let's start the show off once again, three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. Like I mentioned at the top, every year we have what we call the year review. We go back and look at all the stories that we covered during the past 12 months. And I tell you, Mr. Elias, this has been a 12-month time frame for the ages. What do you think, my friend? <laughs> I would have to agree with that because, wow, wow, this idiot that we have in office, man. Just say, hey, I mean, it's just so uh, Go ahead. It just doesn't quit. Even he's making, you know, he's got called making statements this, this year in the White House. About Haitians, man, it's just it just doesn't. He's a gift to comedians that just keeps on giving, man. And a talk show, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, I tell you what, um, I was thinking about this every year. You know, it's always a lull during the holiday season because you know people are, you know, Congress is usually out, the president is with his family somewhere, um, you know, having a good time, spending the holiday. So it's usually quiet, right? And so we usually have time to focus and concentrate on the end of the year and really talk about what's going on with the review of what's going on in the past, what has happened in the past 12 months. But there's news being made every day with this guy. It's like we have to do a show every Sunday to keep up with what this guy is doing. And today is no exception. So we're going to definitely try to take a walk back, take a look at some of the year's most memorable stories and have that conversation. But we have to keep our eye Man, like my man said, keep your eye on your luggage. You have to keep your eye on what's going on because this guy continues to make news. You know, yeah. Friday used to be a slow news day in the industry, not with President Trump in the White House. Something is always going on when that guy, as long as that guy sits at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue, there's going to always be some drama and some nonsense going on in the news. So, once again, three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. So, that being said, Mr. Elias, where do we start this morning? We have so much we can cover. It's like a smorgasbord. You can walk in and say, wow, it's a smorgasbord of information. Just pick where you want to start. And let's have the conversation. Um, Let's start with them denying the, 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 the brother money after, he spent, after they wrongfully accused him. Of, well, I mean, we could listen. Well, well, yeah, we could definitely do that. I mean, I think one of the things when you listen to the intro when you come into the show, it's just it's taking a portion from all the shows, so we don't have to feel obligated to have that conversation. If you want to talk about it, we can. It's just a, a snippet of all the different intros we've had throughout the course of the year. That's just one big story that happened uh, during the course of the year as well. And I guess let's let's take it here then, because not only um, is that young man going through a situation where now they're trying to, not only he's trying to fight to clear his name, but now he's trying to get money. That goes on a lot uh, for, for, for a lot of people, wrongfully accused. I mean, if you commit a crime, and how, how, do you think, how do you think these people feel? You're sitting in jail. You know you didn't do it. But here you are in jail, and you can't do a damn thing about it. And then when you get out of jail... Finally, yeah. when they prove that you're innocent, then they don't want to give you your money. You gave up, what, I don't know, 30-something years of your life, and they don't of want to give life. you a million-plus dollars? Are you serious? It's unbelievable. It's ridiculous, man. It is. The whole, the whole deal that they would even play that game with this guy is just unbelievable to me. I don't understand it. And, and you know, and uh, over the course of his life, he probably would have made a million dollars, but... 
You know. Well, I don't, wow. well yeah, over the course of his life, yeah. I mean, but good God, yeah. I mean, yeah. But but think about it. You can't even break it down by the course of his life because his life doesn't consist. No one's life just consists of work all day. What about all the right. times he missed with his family? I mean, you can't put right. a price tag on that, right? So it's like you should give him. You should give him a million for every year he spent in jail. Right. But you know, but in Illinois, man, these. In Illinois, man, they uh, pan up the wazoo to people because they they had um, they had police officers that were uh, these were dirty cops and they were they were planting drugs on people, so they were arresting drug dealers that they knew were drug dealers and they, the drug dealers didn't have any drugs on them at the time, but they they wrongfully arrested them, man. So they are, I mean, they're paying millions in the state of Illinois. They are, I mean, they are, they are paying through the nose right now. But you bring up something that's interesting because one of the story, one of the things we haven't heard a lot of this year, you know, in the past 12 months, is uh, uh, police brutality. Now we've heard a lot of noise surrounding the topic, but we haven't had those stories like the Mike Browns or you know what happened with the South Carolina police officer who shot the guy who was running away from him. You haven't seen those stories in the past 12 months. Now that's kind of weird because I would think under the Trump administration, that those incidents would go up. and But yet, that's not the case. So how can you explain that? Well, you really can't at this point in time. Maybe they're not reporting it. Well, you know, you well, just maybe. took the words out of my mouth. I was about to say, maybe it's not a situation where they're, they're going away. Maybe we're just, there's no national... Uh, no national interest, not, not a national story that has busted the the, the, the headlines this past the past twelve months. I haven't seen right. anything on it at all. I haven't either, but the bottom line is that hell we're so focused on this clown in the office stuff might have went on the radar, man. You never know. Hey, do you think you that's know. a part of it? Do you think the yeah. fact that he is the great he, you know, it's all he's the great Houdini. It's all about trying to create uh some type of uh, distraction in on the right side, so then he can do what he wants to do on the left side. Do you think, well, I think he's crazy? And I'm not right saying right left as far as policy. I'm not talking about politics because we obviously know he's not going to do anything on the left side. What I'm saying is create a ruckus on this side of the room so he can do his damage on the other side of the room. I think so. I think I honestly believe this cat. I mean, maybe maybe not intentionally, but if people are so focused oh, on him. You know, I think people are so focused on him that we we miss a lot of a lot of news in the cycles. I think it's, that's it's just it. You know. This guy's trying to do everything in his power to get people off this Russia investigation. That's what he's doing. Yeah. I mean, what good this guy on that is is oh well, yeah, good luck with that because they're going around saying it's a farce, right? Oh, this yeah. is a witch hunt. This is BS. But two people that's direct that was directly uh, employed by his campaign. Have pleaded guilty. So if it's a farce, mm. what they're pleading guilty for it? Why are they pleading pleading guilty if it's a farce? What's a farce is the fact that they don't want anyone to follow up on this. They don't want anyone to have their antennas up. It's all about trying to create a distraction so they can move to do, you know, to 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 incorporate their their, their right wing agenda and also be in a situation where you can take take everybody's mind off Russia. Yeah, plus, plus he's, I mean, he's trying to buddy up with Russia. That's what, that's the funniest thing in the he's world. Trying. He's always, Russia. he's already buddies with him. What do you mean buddy up well, with I'm Russia? Well, I'm just saying he's trying to make the American people, you know, 
hey, we, you know, what's wrong with Russia? There's nothing really wrong with Russia. Come on, guys. I'm like, really? <laughs> these people, have, we have had cold wars with these people. And, and it, it, it just doesn't make any sense to me. These people, no. and, he, and he protects Putin at all costs. But yet and still, he won't say anything anything great about the president, the former president. But he talks about everybody else, but he won't say nothing bad about Putin. Never said nothing bad about Putin. It's, it's ridiculous to me. Well. Three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. You're listening to the serious side, the uh, 2017 year in review edition of the show. We're talking about stories that just just made headlines this past week. We spent a lot of time talking about Trump this past year, for obvious reasons, because every day was a circus. Every day was a new piece of catnip for the talking heads of social media. And so once again, this past week, nothing different. Uh, this guy Trump, once again, the GOP passes the tax plan. They've convinced everyday Americans that it's good for them. And there are some everyday Americans who are sipping on the Kool-Aid saying, yes, thank you, Mr. Trump, for doing what you need to do. And in the meantime, in between time, uh, the bottom line is, is that watch your back pocket because they're going to tap you on your left shoulder oh, and God, stick their yeah. hand in your right pocket. I mean, it's it's crazy how people even I think got this people is a good I work idea. with. Say, I, I hear we get more money on our checks. I say, yeah, but look what you're gonna pay at the end of the year, clown. Look at that. You guys don't get it, do you? Like, hey, how but are you even doing? At the end of the year, you, t- you talk about what's coming down the line. That that's the point. Yeah. What's going to happen down the line? Yeah. I mean, because this, these are temporary tax cuts for the for the for the for the middle income people. And you know, in some states, it really depends. It, it varies depending on what state you're in. I know one state, people are going to get a sixteen dollar. Uh, 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 you know, a sixteen dollar rebate or whatever, a sixteen dollar increase in her checks. And I heard one Republican lady says, "Well, you know what? That's good. I mean, that eighteen dollars uh, goes a long way." What? <laughs> uh, you know, I, I mean, look, I'm not trying to act like eighteen dollars. Eighteen dollars may be a lot of money for some people, but to sit here and act like the ooh wee, the reason we're going to give all these corporate people. All the corporate folks, these big tax cuts, because they're going to give new money. And so, you know, some of the companies will come out like Tom Warner and says, oh, we're going to go ahead and give our employees a bonus. What the zippity-doo-dah, zippity-day. They're sitting, corporations are sitting on mountains of cash, and all they're going to do is use the new money or the tax break to fatten their bottom line. Don't be fooled by the nonsense. Right, because I got a, I got a Christmas bonus, and everybody everybody in my company is like, "Why do we get a Christmas bonus? We've never gotten them before." And I was like, "Well, there you go." And and uh, one guy said, "You need to thank Donald Trump for that Christmas bonus." I said, "Keep on living, partner. Keep on living, and and tell me when you gonna when you gonna thank Donald Trump when he starts putting his foot in your ass. Tell me about it." Yeah, but I think that's a little bogus, too, because at the end of the day, most companies, look, I used to be uh, like the third in command of a software company. And one of the things we used to do at the year, at the end of the year, we didn't want to pay taxes on that money, so we gave it away, gave it to our employees. So, you know, so, so yeah, even though we wanted, it was good Christmas cheer and all this other good stuff, at the end of the day, we wanted to give that money away. 347-850-1272 is our call number. 347-850-1272. You're listening to the serious side of the J. Raw Show, which happens every Sunday morning right here on the TGRH Radio Network online radio at its best. We're looking at the year in review, and, you know, we're talking about some of the major stories that took place. I mean, good God, when I was going back and listening to some of the clips, it was kind of hard. I'm like, 
like, God, I forgot about this, I forgot about that, I forgot about this, I forgot about that. You know, um, the one thing that uh, we had completely, at least I, that that kind of that, that kind of faded from my memory, uh, so to speak, so to speak, is a little bit is the whole thing surrounding uh, the, uh, the the Comey firing. You know how you know Yates went in. Uh, Sally Yates went in and tried to warn the president of what's going on. And the bottom line is that now uh, Comey has the current uh, deputy director of the FBI, according to reports. When he testified this past week, he collaborated and confirmed Comey's story that immediately after he had met with the president, in which the president said he asked him for his loyalty uh, and asked him to give you know uh, Clark a break, I mean uh, Michael Flynn a break, you know, he confirmed the story. So I guess hmm. the question becomes now is, what's going to happen next? How long do you think this? Uh, uh, how long do you think this investigation is going to take? I, I mean, I think they got to work at lightning speed. They got to get this guy out of office. They have to. This is this is crazy. Let's see you well, well, the bottom line is everybody's talking about this is a witch hunt, and he's after the president, and he's he's he's. You know, isn't is Mueller a, uh, isn't he a uh, Republican? He's a Republican. Yeah. He's a Republican. So how's it a witch hunt? I don't get this, man. I don't understand. Why? <laughs> Why do they think this is a, a, a witch hunt on, on, on the, uh, on the, uh, on the, on the Democrat side? This is your guy. This is the Republican. They're saying, hey, there's collusion here. This is what's happening. And then everybody says it's not necessarily collusion. And then they also say, well, there's no way that a sitting president can be charged with a crime. Bull. Bull. They, they make up any and everything that they can with this. I don't, we I don't will see. I, yeah. That's the case. We would definitely you see. Know. Let's get out to the phone lines. Get to our colleague, uh, the one and only Jackie. What's going on, Jackie? Welcome in to the serious act. Can we open our mic, Mr. Lance? Good morning and uh, Merry Christmas to you. And uh, how's everything going? Merry Christmas, Rich Sister. Yep, good Good morning. How are y'all doing? Merry good. Christmas to you. Thank you. What say you? Yeah, this has truly been uh, the, the year of the food. For me, I mean, it's it's really unbelievable what's going on. As if it was anybody else, they would have been started an impeachment process. But, oh well, reality show president for a reality show world. Hmm. Here's what I'm concerned about. I'm concerned about the fact that I don't think Republicans, unlike what happened with Watergate, I don't think Republicans are going to uh, if and when this happens because this, you know, impeachment is through the uh, is through the government. I mean, that's something mm-hmm. that Congress has to take on. I don't think they're going to do anything. I honestly believe that if they, you listen to some of the questions, the Q and A that's going on on Capitol Hill with you know some of these straight up hard right red Republicans. Uh, questioning the integrity of the FBI uh, and really going after them. I, I just don't think they're going to do anything. I don't. I hate to say this, but I agree with you, man. I really well, I do. I, 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 
Well, you know, the bottom line is that you would think that the government would stand up, you know, for the people that, that it's supposed to protect instead of a, a party. You know, instead of, how about stand up for the people? You know, this tax bill that they just passed was unpopular. You know, that they was just pushed it, just ramp, they, you know, they rammed it down our throats. They just ran, hey, take it, and rammed it down our throats. And then they told us that, hey, you'll see, it's going to be good for you. When you're taking away Medicaid and Medicare, and they asked Paul Ryan, said, so what you're saying is that you're not going to mess with Medicare and Medicaid. And he's like, well, no. Uh, what I'm saying is that we're not we're not looking towards that, is and he, he won't say that they're not going to take away from it. He's just saying we're we're not looking at 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 at, at, at touching it, but we're not. And he, yeah, but that's actually not, not true. true. That's not yeah. true because he's talking about entitlement. Entitlement programs are Social Security, Medicare, Medicaid. Those are entitlement Entitle- programs. That's not an entitlement it's- program. That's money I put money into. Every but, week okay, we got him on How is that entitled? All right, I understand. Okay. I understand what you're saying. That's, that's I'm what I'm telling you, that's what it's called. No, people don't got it wrong. That's what it's called. I mean, they're called entitlement programs. But I agree with you on Social Security. I put you know money I mean? into that. About, well, look, look, I'm just telling you what they're saying and that they're going to use, you know, some of this, uh, the, you know, the money that they use for, you know, for, for kids. What is it called? Is it called a uh, CHIP? CHIP program. You know, they're going to look at things to try to remove federal funding for uh, programs that help, you know, to help the masses. I've always said that the government is, should be for the people, by the people. And these people that are in Congress, well, we don't need the government. The government, well, then why the hell do you work for them? Why do you want to be there? And that's the way you feel about it. Government to government to government. But you got your ass there. Oh, I guess you are the one exception. I mean, I mean it's, it's just... Uh, it's, hypo- it's hypocrisy at the highest level. You know, I mentioned uh, during the segment of the show how news continues to go. Usually when we do the year-end review show, uh, the bottom line is, is that uh, time slows down. we got an opportunity to sit and really have a conversation about things that are going on. But I tell you what, that have happened, I should say, in the past 12 months. But with this guy in office, man, every day, it's a new day, and every day is a news cycle. So this morning, in this morning's edition of In Four Minutes or Less, we're going to take a look at something that Jeff Sessions is that Jeff Sessions is doing behind the cloak and behind the scenes. We'll be right back after this. You listen to the serious side. Justice Department appears to be taking a pretty big step back when it comes to police reform. Attorney General Jeff Sessions sent a memo to U.S. attorneys that reads, quote, it's not the responsibility of the federal government to manage non-federal law enforcement agencies. Sessions has ordered a review of reform agreements made with troubled police departments. Paula Reed is tracking the developments here and joins us now. So, Paula, what's the immediate impact of this move by Sessions, especially in cities like Chicago and Baltimore? Well, let's start with Baltimore. In the city of Baltimore, the city and the Department of Justice have reached an agreement in principle on how to reform the city's embattled police department. On Thursday, we're expected to have a hearing where the public could weigh in on that. So far, about 50 groups and individuals have submitted written comments, their thoughts on this agreement and what they think is important. But now the new Department of Justice has asked for a 90-day delay. 
on that hearing. It's not uncommon to ask for delays in judicial proceedings, but people who worked on this agreement, they tell me they find this very alarming and they are concerned that this is a signal that the new attorney general does not intend to follow through with these reforms. You also asked about Chicago. In that city, they're not as far along in the process. One of the last things the Obama Justice Department did was issue a report on that city's police department detailing unconstitutional policing practices that have been happening for decades. But they don't have any sort of agreement. And Attorney General Sessions was asked about this repeatedly in his confirmation hearing, whether or not he intended to pursue reform in that city. And he was noncommittal. We asked him several weeks ago whether or not he had read that report. He said he had not. Well, this is one of the first big signs that the new Department of Justice, the new administration, intends to roll back a lot of the reforms that were a priority for the Obama administration. The Obama administration opened a record number of civil rights investigations into police departments across the country, but Attorney General Sessions has consistently testified he does not prefer that method of reform. He does not support sort of federally enforced reforms on local law enforcement. He testified that instead he prefers collaborative reform. But in this memo, it also calls for a review of those so-called collaborative reform efforts. That just means that a police department comes to the Department of Justice and asks for help, asks for additional training, additional resources. They sort of work together to reform a police department as opposed to what we saw in Ferguson and Chicago, where the feds came in and, and dictated um, what needed to be reformed. So even though he says he supports collaborative reform, that's also being reviewed pursuant to this memo. Well, in Baltimore, they've said local, the mayor, the police, they've all said that they want to follow through with this agreement. They say we all recognize the need for this kind of reform. And the other thing is in talking to rank and file law enforcement over the past several years as we've watched these events in Ferguson, Chicago, Baltimore, yes, nobody wants their police department to be the subject of a pattern and practice investigation. But the fact is that a lot of times it takes the federal government coming in in order to fix some of these systemic problems. It also comes with a lot of training and requirements for local governments to fork over the money to get law enforcement officers a lot of the resources that they need and haven't been given. You know, the thing about this, like you mentioned, is it, it certainly represents a sharp break from the Obama administration, which really viewed reforms as essential uh, following a number of racially charged incidents. Uh, some of these reforms in some uh, police departments are just getting underway. They're in midstream. Um, some investigations are still in midstream. Why such a dramatic change now? The philosophical difference between the Obama administration and the Trump administration. Four minutes or less is sponsored by the TGRS Radio Network Online Radio. At his best, Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. Sarah, on Saturday, uh, President Trump's going to be at the opening of the Mississippi Civil Rights Museum. We're hearing now that the civil rights icon, Congressman John Lewis, Democrat of Georgia, is not going to attend. Just a reminder for viewers. Um, this is the man who was beaten by police officers for protesting Jim Crow laws in the South. He was one of the 13 original Freedom Riders, and two years ago he walked with the Obamas on the 50th anniversary of the Bloody Sunday March. Welcome back in, 347-850-1272. What's the calling number? 347-850-1272. All right, listen, uh, the year review, 2017, we're taking a look at some of the major stories that made headlines here, uh, not only uh, across the, the world, not only across the nation, but across the world, I should say. Stories that we covered uh, here on the serious side, because every day was a new day when it came to, you know, Donald Trump and some of the things that he had going on. I'm here with Mr. Elias in the house. Good morning, Mr. Elias. How are you, sir? 
Good morning, sir, and how are you? Doing outstanding. Uh, you know, first of all, um, you know, that was a big moment, too. I mean, because Trump, the Congressional Black Con- uh, Caucus, has been trying to get this guy to come and meet with them. He was invited to the NAACP to speak, you know, what presidents have done, you know, a lot of, and this guy is uh, hasn't been there. And so now he wants to show up to this museum and uh, come in and say some wonderful things about, uh, Cong- you know, Congressman Connors and, and all this stuff. And the bottom line is, is that, uh, I mean, Cummings, I should say, and uh, nobody wants to be associated with this guy. And so, you know, what kills me is he always finds an opportunity to use a black prop. You know, he had uh, the South the the, the uh, senator from South Carolina uh, standing next to him when they signed that hideous uh, tax bill at the White House. And he's sitting there looking, yes, uh, oh, your boss, uh, Tim Scott, uh, Congressman Tim Scott, uh, yeah. I told the president, I mean, I, I can't understand how African Americans can even get with this guy and be a part of anything that he's trying to do when he's shown in so many ways that uh, he doesn't give a damn about us. He doesn't give a damn about what we represent. I, I just don't understand it, Mr. Elias. Well, Jay, you know, and the more the words of Willie D, they come, they're, they're what we call cooning. That's what, it are. That's what they are. And then, they, and then again, it might be his, his well, you know, every, every, every one of those cats are rich, man. So he probably signed a bill to make him a little, keeps a little bit more money in his pocket. So that's probably why he's happy. Damn what's going to happen. Damn what's going to happen to the people under him. Damn what's going to happen to the elderly here. Damn what's going to happen to anybody else who's got to stay working for the rest of their damn life because you just you just cut Social Security. That's why it's just, I don't, it's just ridiculous for people to, to, to not know what's going on in their own country. What do you mean could they cut Social Security? What do you mean by that? They're, well, they're trying to cut it. They're trying to cut oh, Social okay. Security well, right now. Well, you said they tried. You said they did. So I, that's you know we have to be careful. Uh, but but you know but I see what you're saying. The direction that they're going in. He keeps saying that this GOP tax cut is. Oh my God! I'm, it's it's going to cost me. Believe me. I you know I'm not going to like it. Well then, God dang it! Release your tax returns. Uh, Sarah right. uh, Sarah Huckabee was asked this question again during one of the White House briefings this past week, and once again they laid on that excuse: "Oh, well, the president's uh, tax returns are under audit, and he can't release them." I mean, stop. Right. Yeah, that's the longest audit I've seen. Same old. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> you know, the never-ending audit. You know, the bottom line is always oh, under audit. And you know, when I was listening to some tax experts, they were saying, "Look, it doesn't really matter whether it's under audit or not. He still can release right. it. You don't, you don't yeah. have to." You know, what the hell is he talking about when it comes to that, right? It's just another freaking situation where people are trying to keep folks down and they're not, you know, like you said, they're not paying attention to the conversation of what's going on. And they need to be paying attention to what's going on because this guy is all about doing the nonsense. And it's just crazy, you know. So when we think about, you know, so we talk about, you know, the other big story this past year, obviously, was Charlottesville. His response the way he tried to make the white folks, good the white guys there. who were carrying tiki cord. Yeah, there's good people on both sides. And then he doubled down on it. Uh, and once again, not one person from his his cabinet, Mr. Elliott, stepped up to the mic and said the president was wrong. Not one person. No. Not one person. They're scared of being fired. They're scared. They're scared of being fired. They should want to be fired. I think getting fired would be a badge of courage for this White House. 
They should no. be happy. They yeah. should want to be in a situation where they get fired. No, they, they, they you know, really they're scared of being fired. They're, they're scared of being fired, man. Because he, you know, he, he's good. He's, he, one thing he will do is fire you. That's the only thing he's good at is firing people. Well, he's good at anything is firing people. That's the only thing he's good at. But other than that, he sucks. He's horrible. You know, doesn't do anything for the poor us. people. Doesn't do anything for no nothing but nothing but the rich. Well, the nothing. other big story this year was, you know, obviously what happened uh, with, you know, the president versus the NFL. And I do think that his back and forth with them has really caused, you know, and I don't know. I, I say that. Well, I was about to say that I thought that the decline in their numbers had a lot to do with what he said. And I do think it's playing a role, don't get me wrong. But I also believe that the NFL numbers have kind of been trending down anyway a little bit in the past few years. But now it's, they're, they're, not, they're not good at all. And a lot of people are saying when surveyed that the, you know, the kneeling and the disrespect of the flag, in their words, is what's really causing them to stay away from the games. What say you? Well, stay away. Hell, they should stay away. If they don't understand what, what it's about, it was never about the flag. And if they never understood the story that Colin Kaepernick talked to a Green Beret, uh, and the Green Beret said that the, the, uh, the, the best way you can show respect is not sitting, is to kneel, because that's what we do at grave sites, then you don't know the whole story. You should, you should investigate anything that somebody tells you. You should investigate it. If one of us tells you something, you should investigate it, because that's the only way you're going to learn. Instead of just sitting around and taking the president's word for it, and this guy lies and lies and lies and keeps lying, it, it, it just—it's totally ridiculous for somebody to just say that. So if they're losing numbers, oh well, they should. Yeah, but wait a minute. But who does that hurt in the long run, Mr. Elias? We have a lot of African Americans in that league. That league is what 80% black or close to it. I mean, 70% or something. I mean, well, I think the NBA is the one that's really. But think about it. I mean, that's going to hurt. That's going to hurt our young men, man. They can't, you know, get out there and do what they need to do to make a living. That's what's going on with Kaepernick. He can't even continue to to, so, to, to make a living for him and his family. So they're not making. They're, so the NBA, so the NFL is not making uh, twenty billion. They're only making seventeen billion. <laughs> they're still yeah, I don't know what they're making. They're yeah, still profitable. I don't know what they're making. That's what I'm saying. They are still profitable. The numbers are declining, yeah. but they're still profitable. I don't get hmm. that. You're still making, you're still making billion, It's still a billion dollar industry. Tell me it's not. If it got down to where it was negative numbers, then they need to worry. It's a billion dollar industry, man. And, and and if you know anything about the American public, it's a fad right now. It is a fad until something great happens again, and they'll be loving it again. They don't stick to their guns on nothing. All right, three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. Let me uh, reach out to the uh, to the uh, the official text of the show and uh, and Hog talks got about NASA use of force too. allegations. I'm sorry. Okay, good. We got, we'll bring we got NASA. Sorry, the use of force. The allegations of excessive use of lethal and non-lethal force is still ongoing by law enforcement officers. The Trump regime continues to shift the narrative away from the rights of the citizens. 
Statistically, the use of force has increased partly due to citizens being more combative towards law enforcement. That means in which law enforcement address the issues uh, may not lead to death, but an average police shooting against citizens have not dissipated. Okay? This is Jay, my reception to hear the... Oh, that's a personal message to me. <laughs> okay. All right. I'll, I won't read that one, but uh, okay. So yeah, so that's uh, from the official word. That's from the official uh, texter, uh, Johnny D. Let's bring in our colleague, Vanessa Maybelli from the Macanelli. Good morning, Vanessa. How are you? Good morning, Nessa. Good, good morning. Happy holidays to you and yours, You too. You too. And, Jay, I, good morning to you and your family as well. I begin like 10 or 15 minutes back, um, I just wanted to make a comment when you guys was talking about the new tax bill that just got passed um, that was shoved down our throats and some of the Republicans' throats as well. Um, Yes, people will be pleased for the next seven or eight years um, where they will see a little bit more on their paycheck. What people do not understand, though, is that the millionaires, the rich people, got a tax cut from like 37% down to like 21% or something, and then they don't pay an inheritance tax on Mm -hmm. any of this stuff that's that's being passed down from child to child. So people have to to remember that the money that is in Social Security, the money that is in Medicaid, the money that is in CHIPS, the money that's in these school programs and stuff comes from taxes. So even though some people are mumbling and saying, well, I don't care what the rich people get as long as I get mine, well, guess what? If you're making a trillion-dollar deficit, that money has got to come from somewhere. And if it's not coming from you, then it is going to come from your children. Mm-hmm. So I don't think that people are really looking at that, but they were so busy trying to get something on the book for Donald Trump that they don't realize what it, how it is going to affect us in the long run. So, yeah, everybody be glad to see a couple hundred dollars on their paycheck. But if that means that down the line my Medicaid is going to get cut, which he already said, next year they're going to start dealing with welfare and Medicaid. So if you're going to cut some of Medicaid, that's going to affect me. You know, and people who and, – and then when he announced the other day, if y'all were listening, he said – this bill, this tax bill, is going to help the rich and the middle class. So if people wasn't paying attention, did he say anything about the poor? He said it's going no. to help the rich and the middle class. And he did not put a year on the rich as to when their taxes end. Theirs is indefinite or until we get a Democrat in office to change his bill. Ours end in eight years. So the yep. middle class tax cuts end in eight years. But theirs are indefinite. How bad is that? Hmm. That is, that's just the way they handle business, Vanessa. I hate to tell you that, but that is just the way they handle business. They, it's all smoke and mirrors. They, they want everybody to think how great this little is. Little shiny objects, just little yep. shiny objects. I'm gonna throw the middle class a couple of hundred dollars extra, but my children are going to save millions of dollars in inheritance tax. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and they, that's the big one. 
Yeah. That's the big one, the inheritance tax, you know. Because what they're yeah. trying to frame it as, they're trying to frame it as, oh, my God, you're paying taxes because you're dying. And so they're trying to simplify it for people. And people are like, oh, my God, why should I have to pay a tax when I die? You know, it's, 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 it's the death tax. No. I mean, once again, they do an excellent job of messaging things to make people think that there's something that they're not. I go back to what happened here in Houston when they talked about the bathroom law. You know, oh, the bathroom law, that means perverts can hang out. I mean, they just, they do things, right, to try to distract you from what it is. They try to break it down and call it something simple so you can fall into it. And it goes back to what you just said, Vanessa. Bottom line is, I'm going to throw you a couple of hundred dollars. It's the, it's the gold, shiny object in the room. Ooh, look at me, look at me. So, hey, I'm going to give me my $300. And keep in mind, he talks about this being the biggest tax cut. This is not the biggest tax cut in American history. I think George Bush had that. Matter of fact, the Obama tax cuts were larger than what he's doing. So, I mean, this this notion of him trying to sell America on this nonsense, it just it just makes you go, man, really? You guys are going to really fall for the banana in the tailpipe? Really? It, it's it's crazy. It's nuts. Hmm. I know you know Jackie what? wants to get back I in. Get off the line. You know what I'm not in life? And y'all okay. forgive me, and I swear this is not I, – I got a problem – with every time he wants to have one of us in the front. What? You don't see a black person. Oh, yeah, person. I talked about that. Oh, yeah. You don't see that. You don't see it. Okay. So they were talking about that on, I guess, Twitter. I don't have a Twitter account, but they were talking about this on Twitter. And the, whoever the, the guy is that was in the front was saying, if all y'all Tim can Scott. see from me is my color, you guys have no idea what I have done to help get this bill passed. Okay, well, if you were one of the people and you black and you helped them to pass that bill, and if you ain't rich, you stupid. Because guess what? You just screwed your mama them around, your cousin them around, everybody else, because you ain't rich. So you just helped the rich get the tax cut, and you want to stand in front and brag about you had a lot to do with that? Really? You acting like Omarosa. He gonna put you Amen. out next. <laughs> but, but you know, you bring up a good point, Vanessa, and I want to uh, uh, really talk about this. You know, I remember when Obamacare, the, re- the repeal for Obamacare was going on. We were applauding, you know, Senator Mikowski and Senator Collins and you know Senator McCain. Let me tell you something: Republicans are Republicans because these same three folks voted for this tax bill. The same three. Yeah. So you can yep. sit here and talk about, I'm so tired of people, every time the Republicans do something that they should be doing, uh, yep. it's some BS, oh, well, uh, um, um, you know, well, he's a great American hero. No, he's a Republican. And that's how Bottom Republicans line, operate. I, I think, I, I what I think, Jay, is that he knows. Senator Corker, what about him? I, I, I think he knows he don't have long to live, so guess what? He don't want his kids to pay that inheritance tax either. He's got money. Well, that's kind of sinister to think that, Mr. Elias, but, I mean, I can see where you can take it there. Bottom line. He don't, come on, man. Does he? Do you think he has long to live? Come yeah, on. but to sit here and say that he's, you know, basically what he's trying to do is he's trying to, uh, you know, I, I think, uh, I don't know about that one. But, anyway, listen, I, you know, they're Republicans. And all my point is. anything to do with his life space. I don't think it has anything to do with his lifespan. I just think that he made a bunch of promises to rich people, not 
that this is some cuts that they were going to make. I mean, this is going to help the Walmart family. This is going to help all of the, the Campbell right, Soup yeah. family. This is going to help all of these big companies that are passing yeah. down from generation to generation. I don't think it's just him. I, I don't. I think he's getting all of his stuff from other areas. Like, look at how much money his hotel in Washington is making based on the fact that he is the president. How many people are staying at his hotel? Look at the one that he's got in Florida, okay, that he's, make, he's making money in different areas. He, it's, yeah, he's going to save something from inheritance, but he also could just start transferring stuff into his children's name and get no, around talking, that. We were talking about you know, John McCain. We were talking about no, John McCain. I'm, I switched it back to Trump when you said that, you know, and John McCain, I feel sorry for him. You know, his daughter is on The View, so I try to listen to her, and I really can't get off into her because one minute she's slamming Obama, and then the next minute she's with Trump. I mean, I don't understand I don't understand what her what her politics is. I don't get her yet. I'm still trying to figure her out. She's a Republican. Well, sometimes she has stuff to say against Republicans. Republican. But, but that's okay. I mean, well, and, and that's what we were just talking about. Sometimes Senator Murkowski and Senator Collins. I can't hear you. You know, you know, sometimes they actually come in and vote for something, and then all of a sudden, you know, the Democrats are the independents. Oh, yay, they are great Americans. But at the end of the day, Let's not forget who they are, what they're all about. They are Republicans. They're going to they're going to support the Republican agenda. Don't fool yourselves with this nonsense. It is cops. what it is. You know that's the bottom line. The bottom line. You know, you know what I'm saying, Jackie? Yeah, but that's what I was saying. The Republicans, you got to give them up to them for that. They stick to their party at all costs. Yep. Yep. Good morning, man. And, and they protect their party. They protect their party at all costs, too. Yep. They do. That's why I say the Democrats are weak when it comes to that. They they got rid of Al Frank and they got him out of there. They they put but the day it's a it's a it's a senator from Texas that used funds for uh to pay off a woman. Used taxpayer funds and he said, Well, I'll pay it back. He's still in office. He's still in office. They don't. They don't. They don't. They don't eat their young like the like the Democrats. Nope. They they protect their people. Of course they are. Of course they. Of course they do. That's just the way they operate. Three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. That's the way they operate. And so for us to sit here and think uh, they're going to do anything different, we're fooling ourselves because it's not going to happen. Just wake up and smell the coffee and realize what you're dealing with. Stop this nonsense with every time a Republican does something that they're supposed to do, uh, you want to, oh, hold them up in good faith. Oh, my God, they're great. And, you know, when, when Senator McCain was on the Senate floor and he gave the famous thumbs down, everybody was like, yeah, uh, yeah, but all of a sudden, you know, he did, you know, he did what he, you know, it's not, it's a flawed bill. But at least, you know, we're going, you know, it's like Obamacare. They're trying to compare this to the Obamacare situation where they're saying, well, Obamacare was flawed. Hopefully people will come back in a few few years later and notice that uh, it's going to do this one good and, you know, whatever. I don't think so. I don't think so. I think that the polling on this is just horrible and that they're going to get wiped out. And what's this, Mr. Elias? You know, uh, uh, Mitch McConnell is trying to, Mitch McConnell and other Republicans are trying to warn the president, like, hey man, 
come 2018, dude, it ain't going to be pretty. It's going to be a bloodbath. No. But realistically, right. dude, they, now look, they may have a, a, a realistic possibility of taking the Senate. I mean, I'm sorry, the House. But I don't think they're going to get the Senate, man. I, I really don't. I don't, I don't, I don't think they're going to get the House. I think you're going to be really shocked. Wow. I really you don't think they're going to get the House I don't think so. I really don't. People are, man, if you look, people are despondent. They don't want these people in office no more. And they're paying attention. They are paying attention, man. I'm telling you. They're going to get wiped out. I think they're going to get wiped totally out. Now, some of the issues that they carry What do you make up your mind? Huh? You just said you don't think you just said you don't think they're going to take the house. How are they going to get If you don't think they're going to take it, they're not going to take it, then what how what do you mean you're going to get wiped out? What, what do you mean getting wiped out? They don't get wiped out. The Republicans don't get wiped out. I'm saying they're not going to take the house back. I'm saying they're going to get wiped out. Some of the districts that they oh, gerrymandered. Okay. Right. Some of the districts okay. that they gerrymandered, there's nothing you can do about that. But some of them other districts, man, you watch. It's, it, I'm telling you. People are Blood tired man. of this crap, man. I'm telling you, they're tired of things being shoved down their throat. Could be with that. Let's bring in the very lovely Kathleen Williams. Good morning, Kathleen. Welcome to the serious side. How are you? Happy holidays. Uh, Oh, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays. Merry uh, Christmas, Aurora. Thank you, Brett. Merry Christmas. <laughs> yeah, I I agree with Miss Elias, and um, and I am also praying along that line that they are completely wiped out um, in twenty in all the elections in twenty eighteen. Uh, I watched a a really interesting um, episode of. Uh, Rachel Maddow, where she showed um, some graphs of the, uh, if you saw this, I don't know if you saw this, I heard a little groan there, but um, what happened in the elections following President Obama's term, Mm -hmm. and basically she, it was showing how many Republicans ran for office because they were so pissed off that you know, that President Obama won and the things that he did and so on and so forth. Right. And there was a right. really low number of Democrats running and a huge number of Republicans running. And in, right. in that so the same thing that you're referring to. Uh, right. And, and for the year of 2018, the Democrats yeah. running now are twice the number of Republicans that ran that gave them the House and the Senate. So they, she yep. was saying that you could see that because of the people, the number of people who ran, how they were, how the Republicans were able to take the House and the Senate and control all three branches of government. And so now she said, if if, if history is going to repeat itself, and it seems to have aligned over the years, what we will see factually based on those graphs and those numbers is that the Democrats mm-hmm. will in fact, take over many, many, many positions and take over the House and the Senate. I think yeah, but, 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 but here's the I thing, and, and, you know, and this goes back to what we talked about gerrymandering and stuff. You know, if you go back and look at the stats, and we ran this, we talked about this a few weeks ago. Uh, Americans for the last uh, X amount of years have been voting Democratic. 
right? 61% of them have been voting for Democrats, but yet still the Republicans are winning all the seats, and this is because of the way they have the districts gerrymandered. So, you know, that's going to always be an issue that we're going to have to deal with. And, and so I think in order for it to move forward, we're going to have to be in a position where people are going to have to enforce. You know, African-American women came out and forced for Doug Jones. That took him over the top in Alabama. We're going to have to do the same thing in 2018. And we have to start promoting it. Each each and every last one of you on this show, everyone that's within the sound of my voice, you have to get out and tell your friends, get your behind up and go to the polls in 2018. Because once you get Democrats back in office, I think that they're going to try to reverse some of these trends. Now, I'm not sure what's going to happen with the, the White House because this guy has set the White House back for ages. So I'm praying that, uh, you know, he'll be gone in 18 months. But the bottom line, people got to get out and participate. They really and truly have to. And not Absolutely. just not just the once, uh, every each and every time, man, each and every time. So you can prevent this from happening yep. again. Yeah, well, you try. Um, I, wanted to, I just wanted to share also a friend of mine. I spoke to a friend of mine in Georgia, and we were talking about the um, mayoral election there, and the fact that the um, you know the. They came very close to having a white mayor for the first time in, I can't remember how many years it was, but a lot of years. And um, and it really made a difference, the fact that black people did not come out and vote in droves for her. Um, and so same thing we saw in Alabama. It was really black folks, 98% of black women, 93% of black men voted for Doug Jones, and they were able to take a seat that hasn't been held by a Democrat in what, did they say, uh, like a, a quarter of a century or something like that? Uh, yep. It was, uh, you know, there, there's a lot that we can do, and I just also think it's important that we listen, we pay heed for, to Charles Barkley, for one, we can listen <laughs> to him, and <laughs> That, you know, not only do we get out and vote Democrat, but then don't sit on your heels or in your laurels and say, oh, okay, yeah, we got the person we wanted in the office. But then turn right back around. If After you leave the polls, go straight to your phone and to your mailbox and everything else and make sure that the people that you vote in do not then take that vote for granted. Because it's not about, oh, get the black vote so we can win, and then we just dog black folks just like we're used to. So that's important, too. So it's not just about getting to the polls. It's about participating. And that's something where, you know, we can get a little uh, weary and well-doing, if you will, or just forget about it. Okay, I did my did my my good deed of getting to the polls. But, no, now you got to go call that person, get up in their face and say, wait a minute, I didn't vote for you so that you could sell me out. I voted for you so that you could take my interest to heart and make sure that you stand up against this fool that's trying to pass a tax plan that's going to destroy the entire community that you represent. You know, where are all the black leaders screaming? You know, I, I haven't seen it. So, I, I, you know, they voted against them, yes, but where are they standing up and saying, hey, I need you to get out in the street and protest. I need you to get to this person's office. I need you to do this. I need you to do that. And we're all going to stand together united to make sure that this tax bill doesn't pass. There was, I don't think that, I think there could have been more pressure on these knuckleheads. And in addition to that, you know, it's like, where is the, um, 
where is the rule of law in all of this? Because when Bob Corker turned around and changed his vote, it was it was it totally in line with the fact that they added a clause to this bill yes. that was going to pad his pocket. Like, where is the rule of law in this? This is nothing but straight collusion in the in your face. Going yep. to pad my pocket, the pockets of my family, and all of my buddies and and the people that I want to vote for it. You know what? I'm going to make this benefit you in so many millions of dollars that you're going to say, ah, uh, you know what? Sure, go ahead. And mm-hmm. then nothing happens. I, I just do not understand. So 18 months. Hey, I'm I'm asking for less than I had already asked for six when he got in office last year. So he's already beyond what I had anticipated. So it's about time that, you know, we stood up, you know. I, I'm looking for some lawyers to say, listen, we got to rip this thing apart. There's got to be something in here that disallows somebody to get in the White House and then ruin the country to pad more wealth in his pockets and his cronies. I know Republicans have been doing this for years, but this is blatant and outrageous, and it's time to stop. Yeah, I agree with you. And the thing is, is that you know, going back to Senator Corker, he was like, oh, he was so offended that we would, you know, people would insinuate that he had something to do with this. He said, I didn't know anything about this. You know, there are a bunch right. of lies, and it goes back to how everyone was celebrating him for coming after the president, him and Jeff Flake, both of them voted for it. You know, I mean, so you know, you can sit here and say what you want to say. You every now and then, one of these people will show up and have some little bit of morality about themselves. But at the end of the day, they're Republicans. They're GOP. They are the elephant. You can forget it. They're going to vote down party lines, and that's why I'm concerned that uh, you know Kathleen brought up a good point, Ms. Delia. She talks about how okay, you know, there has to be the rule of law here. I mean, the fact that this guy is still in office and that he is still benefiting. From profits from his hotels in Washington D.C., he's supposed to shut this stuff down. But you're trying mm-hmm. to tell me that? Come on, man! Th- th- this is ridiculous. What's going on? They have no respect for the law. They think that they're above the law. And you know, I don't know what's going to happen. I, I really don't. And so maybe we're talking about Mueller and his team. You know, expediting this uh, process. Maybe Mueller and his team is saying, "Look, let's put it in cruise control because we know." That if we present this evidence to a Republican-led Senate and Congress, I mean, a Republican-led Congress, they're not going to do dilly-poo with it. Let's wait until we get the right people in office, and then we'll present the facts. This will give us an opportunity to continue to build our case. So then when we get Democrats, you know, in charge, then we'll present this stuff, and we can get this fool out of office. Well, let's hope so. Let's hope that's what they're doing. But, yeah, you know, I... (laughs) You don't know what anybody's doing anymore, but I I think that I think that Mueller is going to I think he's he's a stand up cat. So I don't think he'd have had all those uh, those those the dream team lawyers that he's got just to sit on them. So the bottom line is, I hope that this is what he's going to do. I can only say I hope. Well, I guarantee well, you that Trump is going to do something to try to fire that Bob Mueller. Guarantee it. The closer they get, the shittier it looks. And I wanted to something a little bit. You said they're voting along party lines. They're voting along party lines. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. All right, we'll be right back. We'll continue the conversation. The year review right here on the Radio. 
nothing is ever the same. Changing houses. Changing faces. Different bedrooms. Different beds. And this trash bag filled with everything I have. I don't want to feel alone anymore. Help us show her she's not alone. Join us at Together We Rise to change the way kids experience foster care. Welcome back in 347-850-1272 is our call in number 347-850-1272. Let me open up all the mics. Happy holidays. It is Christmas Eve. Hope you guys are ready for the holidays like most people are. So uh, let's say good morning to the people who are in the house this morning. Of course, let's give a shout out to the big man himself, Mr. L.E.S. Good morning, sir. How are you? Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Of course, the ladies are in the house from the J-Round show, actually. Let's say good morning to Jackie. Jackie, good morning. Good morning. Happy holidays, everyone. Absolutely. And of course, Vanessa May Belly. Is in the house. Hey, Vanessa, good morning. Merry Christmas. Good morning. Merry Christmas, everybody. Merry Christmas, Jackie. Same to you, darling. Billy yes, can we say hello to some people that's in the chat? We got a host of guests in there, Jay. That's it. All right, guests, good morning. We have a lot of people checking in. Let me do something here a little different because you know how, you know, when it's the holiday seasons, you know, if you work, they let you get off a half a day because you want to enjoy the holidays. So what we're doing, we're shutting it down in about 15 minutes. So instead of going into the top of the hour, we're going to go to the bottom of the hour, allow our folks to get out and do some last-minute Christmas shopping and enjoy just the season. So now, just a real quick announcement, we will not be here uh, next week because bottom line is we're going to take some time off to enjoy New Year's Eve and bringing in the new year going from 2017 to 2018. So this is the last time you hear our voices uh, during the year of 2017. And so that being said, let me say hello to a lot of people. What's up, Mac? What's happening? Charlotte, what's happening? Carlos, the pastor's in the house again. Jeff, what's up, Jeff? Bev is in the house. Oh, my God, a lot of people. Tiffany, Brian, Ryan, Ryan and Brian, I like that. Uh, Fletch, Isaiah, what's up? Monte is in the house. Oh, my God, a lot of people checking in. And most people are saying, wishing us a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. You have some Same comments. Same to them. Same to the facts, folks. You guys are the reason why we're here, no doubt about it. Of course, Johnny D's in the house as well. Good morning and happy holidays to you and your family. All right, now, before we continue the conversation, we're taking it around the table here real quick because we are going to shut it down a little early. Let's, uh, so, so, Jackie, give us, leave us with a thought for the end of the year. Give us just your thought process for the, for the end of the year. Give us something. Okay. Um... Something you want to share with the listening audience. Okay. Um, I I have nothing else to leave you with if 
but to trust God. No matter what Amen. it looks like, no matter what it looks like, God is with you for, through any and every situation. Um, he is the reason why we celebrate at this special time. I mean, he's your everything. But you got to be willing. He is he, the reason he is a for the you. season, huh? Yeah, yeah. you got to be willing to receive the gift, though. Absolutely. That's good. Can you imagine a what gift just you? sitting there, but you never open it? Uh, that won't happen around my house, but I get what you're saying. Okay. <laughs> All right. So, Vanessa, give me something. Give the folks, give the, give the listeners something to take it to the new year since we will not be here next week. You guys are, you know, you guys call in enough through, throughout the course of the year for you guys to be, plus you're a part of the family anyway, so it really doesn't matter. So give the listeners something for the new year. <clears throat> okay. One is, Miss Jack is absolutely right. God is in control of all of our situations. I do think that the nation needs to come together as one and start praying about our, uh, our president, what he's doing. And I, I think that it doesn't matter what color you are, we just need to start praying about it. This is one thing that's laying on my heart for the new year. And please don't roll your eyes. Animal abuse. I am so over seeing all of these animals getting shot in the face and thrown on the side of the road. Just like we can help children and we can help other things. Y'all, please help animal abuse and please help donate something to the animals for Harvey people who animals and got astray and stuff in Houston. I'm doing the best I can with that. Can y'all please open up y'all hearts for the new year and help do something for the animals, even if y'all just go take some kitty litter or something over to the Humane Society. That's all I had to say. Thank you. Merry Christmas, guys. All right. And, uh, of course, the uh, one and only Kathleen Williams is back. Kathleen Williams, give our listeners a little something for the new year. This is not a final thought by no stretch of the imagination, but give them a little thought for the new year before we continue this conversation for the next 15 minutes. Well, you know what? I, I, I love the fact that um, a sister said to, to trust God. I'm going to add to that, know God, and, um, yeah, open up those presents. And I really do believe that the upcoming year is going to be one of amazing surprises. This one has been a year of surprises, too, but not, you know, shocking surprises, those that we, like, believe and we're not excited about at all. But I do believe that this this year, 2018, is a year of redemption and uh, redemption for uh, God's people. So I do believe that some amazing and wonderful things are going to come forth in this year. Um, I do think that it's important, though, indeed, for us to gather together on one accord and lift our voices in um, prayer and in protest because God was the God of the oppressed and God is a God of justice. So I do believe that justice will come forward this year, not just politically, but in personal lives as well. Those things that you've been holding fast for, look forward to those things being released to you in this 2018 year. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. One and only. Amen. 347 
All right, so now listen, let's spend the last few minutes uh, talking about the biggest story that happened this past year. Of course, that was sexual harassment. A lot of big names got caught up in it. I mean, God, from Russell Simmons, uh, you know, obviously Bill Cosby, that was last year. But let's focus on this year. You have, you know, Congress, uh, people resigning from Congress, uh, all the different things that are going down. Now, a new name has come up. And, you know, and it's funny that, I'm not going to say it's funny because it's not really funny, but, Mr. Elias, let me just use the word, um, it's, what word do I want to use here? Strange. I'm not, you know, you know, well, str- yeah, I guess I can use the word strange. It's not really strange, but, you know, last week we talked about Amarosa and how, you know, she got kicked out of the White House and, you know, we were rejoicing. And, you know, there were some African-Americans who were saying, hey, you know what, you shouldn't do that. That's a sister that, um, you know, she, she's uh, she's no longer working. And regardless, she's one of us, regardless of whether we want to claim her or not, she's one of us. And so, you know, okay, maybe that resonated just a little bit with me. But, you know, but now we have a situation uh, with sexual harassment, now you know it hit hit our guy uh, Russell Russell Simmons. I mean he, which was really, you know, you know we talked about this a little bit. How if a guy, you know, you're a different person uh, than you know today. You're different than what you were back in the day. I strongly believe that. Um, but at the same time, you know, it really depends, in my opinion, on what the person did. In order for a person's career at this stage of their lives to go kaput. So now, the latest casualty that's coming up is Tavis Smiley. Now, I don't know how you feel about Tavis, but I want to play a portion of an interview that he had on Good Morning America. And then I want us to have a, you know, about a 10 minute conversation about it. We'll be right back. Listen to this, and we'll talk on the other side. Online radio at its best. First and foremost, you deny any wrongdoing, correct? Absolutely. Um, I have never groped, I have never coerced, I have never exposed myself inappropriately to anyone. In 30 years, over six different networks, and there's never been any allegation of that. Um, I celebrate and applaud these women who have the courage to come out and to tell their truth and lead us in a conversation about how to create healthy workspaces. Um, and I've had some of those women on my program, in fact. Mm-hmm. At the same time, I want to make sure that we don't lose all sense of nuance and proportionality in this conversation, because if we do, then people end up being guilty simply by accusation. I want to get more into the conversation <coughs> a little bit, but you admit to having consensual sexual relationships with your subordinates. Do you understand how that could be viewed as an abuse of power? Well, absolutely. Um, I certainly understand people who have a viewpoint that any consensual relationship in the workplace is, is wrong. There are some people who believe that there is no such thing as a consensual relationship in the workplace. I hear that point of view and I respect it. But there are also other points of view on this. My company, let me be clear, I own my company, PBS distributes my content. Sure. In our employee handbook, while we do not encourage office relationships, we don't forbid them either. And we don't forbid them, uh, Paula, because I don't know where your heart's going to lead you. I don't know who you're going to hang out with or date or fall in love with. And indeed, there are millions of Americans watching this program right now who met their spouses at work. How can you be certain that these women didn't feel that they were going to lose their job? Because I never gave any favoritism upward or downward. I never promoted anybody, demoted anybody because of that. Did you anyone that you were in a relationship with? I, I, I have never, ever given. First of all, I, don't run my, I own the company. There's a team of people that run the company. And I have never given anyone any employment instruction to do anything to anyone with whom I had a consensual relationship so you, said, you said you didn't fire anyone whom you had a consensual sexual relationship with. Mm-hmm. Any of those women that you had a relationship with, are they still on your staff? One person is, yes. One person mm-hmm. is. Were you ever told by a peer, a subordinate, or an employer or employee that anything you did or said made them feel uncomfortable? Never. Never. Mm-hmm. Uh, sources tell ABC News that you've also been accused of, quote, sexually explicit messages 
and unwelcome banter about women's bodies. So what are we talking about here? I have no idea. I have no idea. I sat with Did people. Did you ever send uh, lewd text messages? I've, I've never sent lewd text messages to anyone. In a consensual relationship, we use text messages to communicate in consensual relationships. But I've never done that to an employee ever. Some have alleged that you also created, quote, a verbally abusive and threatening environment. What's your response to that? Not true. We, I have an intense environment. I, I have a television show, a radio program, a podcast. We want a foundation. I have a speaker's bureau. We have a book imprint, as you just mentioned a moment ago, as Lindsay did. Um, and so it's a very intense environment. Uh, some of the most intense places in our business are in control rooms around this country. That's not for everyone. So it might be that the environment wasn't good for you. So these environments are intense at times. And I hate the word brand. I may be the brand, the face of my company, but I'm not an inanimate object. I have feelings. I have emotions. And when the ball gets dropped on something, I have to deal with that. So those conversations might be intense, but I'm not an angry black man. And this notion of a hostile environment just doesn't, doesn't fit. Online radio at its best. All right. So as we listen to Tavis, Michelle Ayers, do you agree with what he just said? Uh, yeah, I do. I mean, it, 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 in, in the control room, Helen, and my job, it gets intense sometimes. You know, no, I'm, ta- I'm talking about the whole setup about the fact sleeping with, you know, uh, your employees. You know, if you're the main man of the company, should you be doing that? If you uh, are, no, I don't agree with that. I don't agree with that because women at your now. But he also said, if you're watching television, he said, you know, people who were watching that particular uh, show on that particular day, he talked about how, okay, bottom line is, is that, uh, you know, there are people who are married to folks that they met at work. I know that for a fact. Well, that, that's true. But so then it goes it, back to the I conversation mean, we were having earlier. So how? So what I determines? So you know? So what determines it? What personally, de- what determines I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't do it. Me personally, that's just my opinion. I don't. I don't agree with that because bottom line is, you know, you don't know. you don't know if they're sleeping with you because you're the boss, or they like you. I, I don't agree with it. I just don't. That's my opinion. I had I, I, I dealt with a woman that I worked with once before. It ended up real bad. So, as a, as a rule of thumb, I don't mess with anybody I work with. Nope. I leave it alone. What about you? What about you, Kathleen? Uh, did you say Kathleen? I did. Yes, ma'am. Okay. Um, I. As far as I'm concerned, it's hard for me to even get there with the question about whether or not you should date anybody at work. But I just want to say to these men who have been accused of crime, you know, um, and, and illegal activity in the workplace, stop granting interviews on television or for public opinion until you have been charged with something, stop it. Just stop answering these questions and letting people squeeze you into a corner and have you attesting to something or not or whatever before it's because these are some of these uh, accusations are criminal. You should keep your mouth shut, consult an attorney, and do not answer these questions from people who are trying to basically make you guilty of something before you have even been charged. Just stop mm. doing it. So, so I, I want to offer that, first of all. That's the, the lawyer in me just saying, keep your mouth shut. Yeah, I thought. Yeah. 
Kathleen, Kathleen Williams and Law. You heard from the attorney right there, absolutely. What's your second point? Yeah, the second point is I'm not sure if, um, and, you know, interestingly enough that this woman was banging out questions at him um, that he was openly answering. Uh, You know, I thought that Tavis was married. I don't know. I, I thought he was. Uh, and if, I thought he was, too, he, but I'm not sure. Yeah, and if he is, that would have been my first question, because now, you know, you're having women you're involved with at work, and you're married. Now, that that would add a little bit of a different twist to what might be happening and what people might believe. But, you know, as far as should you, should you or should you not date somebody at work, I think that the... Uh, the, the power situation is really very important, and how you approach the person is very important, and what their position is is also very important. Should Pre- President Clinton have had a relationship with Monica Lewinsky? No. Absolutely not. The exploitation. He was an intern. He was a president. That's crazy, right? And then we end up selling out poor Monica Lewinsky, right, and making her the bad person, and I- even though she was 20 years old at that time, whatever. So I do think that there's a distinction, but I can't draw a, a draw a fine line for every single person uh, not dating somebody at work. It's, it's hard for me to be able to do that. You have to give me the specifics. And if you want to call me and ask me, should you date so-and-so, go ahead. Send me an email. I'll tell you. <laughs> but if you think that mm, there is. Oh, well, uh, just to answer your question, I don't see anything that says Tavis Smiley's married, so maybe he wasn't. Uh, all right, let me get to you, uh, Jackie. Uh, what, do, what do you think about this whole Tavis Smiley thing? I mean, because a lot of people, I'm reading comments, and we're not doing chat about this morning because we're going to shut it down. But a lot of the comments are saying, you know, here's another example of uh, a brother that, you know, ran away from us. Now he wants to come back home. You know, and I brought up Hammerosa, and I think some would even say OJ. You know, when it got to the point where he got into a pickle, all of a sudden he wants to return back to African Americans after he had been hanging out with the white folks for so long. So, what say you, Jackie, in regards to or in regards to what uh, you just heard from Tavis Smiley? Uh, ringing. Okay, so um, I don't know what to. I don't know what the uh, but for him I would if he admitted to he admitted so he to said they were consensual like, he said they were consensual relationships yeah so uh, and so mm-hmm. I don't <laughs> you see all this stuff got my you know, with all of this stuff in general. I mean, with him, all I can say is we, we'll we see. Acts would prove itself. But I, I'm just going to say my, uh, just share general comments. My, my my issue with whether it's this situation, sexual harassment, or even when you think about with Colin Kaepernick, you know, taking a knee, my issue just as a whole with this stuff is these are real Serious issues, but what bothers me is real serious issues being made into fat. You know, 
Is people going to be getting fired next year? Is people going to be taking knees next year? Hmm. You, you know, real serious issues, but people are just getting fired and doing this because what is popular right now. And they should have been dealt with way long ago. And that's the problem with being <clears throat> silent when it comes to this stuff. Yeah. Is you never yeah. know yeah. as how the, it's going to affect the next person. That's why we can't. Yeah, we've had. Silent. We've definitely had conversations about uh, how. Um, you know, people, if you were so traumatized by what happened to you when you were, you know, when you were in, in that encounter, why take money? I'm still a firm believer that if you, you know, if it was the worst thing that ever happened to you in your life, why are you going to take money? I mean, step out and try to, you know, get a public voice. Then if you've taken money, uh, then for you to come out and start talking after you have taken money to be quiet, I think people are women who do that. They are, should be required to pay that money back. You know, you entered into an agreement. Shut your mouth. The bottom line is, is that uh, if it wasn't so, all of a sudden you're so pushed back and so taken off course because of something that somebody said, you should have said that when it happened. I'm not saying that it, what happened was okay because no, no man should force himself on a woman. That shouldn't happen. There's no place in society for that. But at the end of the day, don't say, "Well, he hurt me. He hurt me. I feel violated." Hey, I give you a million dollars. Shut up. Okay. Then how? Okay. Well, and then you know, come on. I need to jump in for a second on that because a lot of times it's yep. not like, oh, here's a million dollars, first of all, and okay, I'll take it. A lot of times you, a lot of times people are squeezed into taking those settlements and threatened into okay. taking those settlements. So it's not like, you know, oh, somebody's trying to get rich and take it. They, a lot of times they have to give up their jobs. They uh, uh, they're protecting the person who is the offender and making the victim out to be the offender, the victim, and, and the person takes the money because like, okay, well now I'm out of a job. What am I supposed to do? Sometimes it's a severance package, but the person didn't want to lose their job. That's not what they wanted, and then they get squeezed with it, and then you know, and it becomes a problem. So I'm not one to you know, blast somebody who turns around and says, you know what, maybe I made the wrong decision, and maybe this person is still or whatever else, but you know what, take the daggone money back. I want to speak up now. So we don't even know if those people gave that money back. That's another thing. That's true. So I just, I just I want to be very careful before we start slamming people like that, because it's not no, always what it is. No, I, I agree with you 110%. You're absolutely correct. I'm talking about the ones who fall to that percentile that I talked about. But you're absolutely correct. I mean, there are people who, you know, you're right. You lose your job. How are you going to make an income? Hey, look, all that plays a role in it. I'm, I'm not going to sit here and say that it doesn't. Uh, but, you know, I just know me, and I know that if something happened to me, and I can't put myself in their situation because, you know, it's never happened to me. But I just know things that I have a strong conviction about. I don't. There's not. There's no amount of money you can pay me to... To, uh, to to be quiet. Matter of fact, I may make money for talking too dang go much. You know, let's get this guy in here because he's he's running his mouth about what's going wrong with society. So I, I don't know, but but point well taken, and, and I'll yield to you because of your legal background, obviously. <laughs> and plus, you're just a smart person. All right, and on that note, folks, it is time because, like I said, 
at your job. She got off early for Christmas, and so we're going to do the same thing here in the serious side. We're going to let you go and have fun with your family. So it's time for final thoughts. And uh, let me start with the ladies, as always. And since Miss Kathleen Williams just had the mic, let's give her the opportunity to give her give us her final thoughts. Kathleen. I just wish uh, thank you so much for continuing to do what you do all year round. It's wonderful to be able to call in on Sunday morning and hear a black person and uh, wisdom. So I want to congratulate you for another year of service to the community and to the world. Um, And thank you for always inviting me with such love and compassion for um, my crazy schedule. But thank you for always inviting me back onto the air when I joined in uh, with such
<laughs> well, let me uh, once again uh, add to what I've said for each and every last one of you, and I'll say it for the group as a whole. Mr. Elias is right. You don't know how tight and how long we've been knowing each other. It's truly a blessing when you can get up every Sunday morning and share some time with the people that you care about the most. So, you know, I am deeply uh, honored and always forever indebted to what you guys bring to this show because this show is not about me. This show is about us. And what we do here every Sunday is something that I think the listeners can appreciate, and I think it's something that uh, it's a voice that needs to be heard. So I want to definitely say thank you to Dr. Princess Odia for adding what she adds. <laughs> and, of course, as far as man in the world, Mr. Jerome Spree, Most thank you for wrong. your... <laughs> Thank you for what you're doing I hope you're having a very happy holiday You know, we talked about 2017 2017 was a tough year uh, It brought us a lot of things I mean, really, we had Donald Trump uh, Sworn into office and all the things That they're trying to do to roll back the Civil Rights Act Trying to take away voting rights For people One of the things they try to do was they try to do away with health care With their latest uh, When they pass this latest GOP bill But guess what, even though they cut the enrollment time down They've been doing all these different things, cutting the marketing budget, people are rolling at the same rates they did last year. So people are uh, people are uh, excited, people are in tune, and people are listening. But 2017 has been a tough year. And I thought we can get out of this year without another bad blow, but unfortunately for me, it hit closer to home. Uh, a guy who I grew up with, a guy that I admire so much, a guy that was just the man in our neighborhood. Edward Lucky Nunn Jr., my man, he was murdered a week ago today by his mm-hmm. stepson. Him and his wife were murdered in Phoenix, Arizona. If you are in the Gary, Indiana area, uh, his funeral will be on December 30th. Uh, check our uh, show page. I'll try to get some information up about that. So I'll just close the show by saying to my main man, Luck, Lucky man, you don't know how much you meant to me growing up. You were the black Fonzie for us, you know. You were the guy that was a little rough around the edges, but you were so cool that my mom didn't have a problem with you hanging around us and being a part of our family. And you became entrenched with us as a neighborhood, as a brother. You were a guy that could play all the sports. You know, if we wanted, if we were picking teams, Lucky was the first one picked because he could knock the ball a country mile. He was the guy that you picked because he could throw the ball a country mile. He was the guy you picked on your bowling team because the guy could roll through. 300 at the stop and the drop would die. So I'm praying for his family this morning. It's just so unfortunate when we got the news that Lucky was murdered and his wife was killed as well by a son, a person who they took in trying to take care of, a guy who had already spent 16 years in prison. They're trying to help him get his life back. And how does he repay them? He shoots them in cold blood. So we're thinking about you, man. Rest in heaven. And until we see each other again, I love you. And on that note, Mr. L.E.S., if it's Sunday and we're talking serious stuff, what time is it, my friend? It's time for the serious side of the J. Rao Show. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year's to you guys. We will see you in 2018. So, for Kathleen Williams, for Jackie, for Vanessa Maybelli, for the Macadelli, for Mr. Elliot, I'm J. Rao saying have a great, great, great Christmas. And God bless you and be safe. And remember, if it's Sunday and we're talking serious, it is a serious God bless. Love you, Johnny D. 
You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network. 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 Network.